0: As I spent some time in prayer on Tuesday night, I thought that there were many people praying that night. There were many Catholics praying, likely for different outcomes to the US election. Some were praying for this candidate to win, others praying for the other candidate to win, some praying for God's will to be done, others praying for peace and calm in the days to come. And I wondered which prayers were being listened to by God. And I knew that God was listening to all the prayers each and every single one of them but what did God do he let the will of the people as imperfect as that can be to be done because God is not seeing things like we see things God's view is an eternal view and no matter what the earthly outcomes are he will always work his plan for us no matter what that's the history of salvation God will always write straight within our crooked lines All we can do is continue to live what we discern in prayer to be His will for us each particular day to stay in His light that we may see the hope that belongs to our call. Let us pray that the Lord will fill us with His light, that our lives will mirror our love for Him whose wisdom has brought us into being and whose care guides us on our way. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chen. And welcome back, everybody. I hope that you're uh, all settled this weekend, maybe uh, sitting back, listening to the show. Billy's sitting in his... uh, Are you lying in bed listening to this program? (laughs) Um, Some of you might be driving, listening to the show on the Catholic Channel. Others are podcasting the show. Um, And it's a good show today. So I hope that everybody can just sit back and relax.
1: Yeah, I, I hope everyone can be relaxed. I, I'm pretty sure that this week is very, very stressful. It, has been, especially it still with people is. people in the States, right? Yes. And uh, this is so stressful. You know, you, even Canadian, we are very stressful as
0: well. Yes, yes. So, so this is a, a time for you to disconnect for an hour and, yes, and exactly. spend it with us. Um, one thing that we want to share with people, Billy, is... Uh, uh, you're not a you're not a Catholic mom. I know that, but uh, I'm a man. Yes, but, but if you were a mom, <laughs> if you were a mother, you you would want to know about the Catholic Moms Summit, which is a a conference that's coming up. And so we're going to have Danielle Bean of CatholicMom.com uh, joining us uh, very briefly after the song uh, now to tell us about all that. So that's uh, for, for for Catholic moms and dads who want to know about the Catholic Moms Summit. Uh, stay tuned uh, in about five minutes to listen to my conversation with Danielle Bean. And then, Billy, uh, Jillian yeah. is going to be back. Jillian is... Oh, gonna- that's great. She has learned something, her kids? something from her kids. So, yeah, we always look forward to having Jillian on the show because yeah. she learns lots of good lessons from her kids. So that's in, that's in about 10 minutes. And then, Billy, you have another question, hopefully not about Deacons, right?
1: No. Um, yes or no? It's, you know, we need to compare... Because we are always talking about men and women's rights, and you know, men's rights, and uh-huh. you know, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, in our society, we always mm-hmm. talking about that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we we, were, we we talk about deacon, and let's talk about nun.
0: About nuns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good about religious yeah. sisters. Okay, good. So that's. That's Billy's question about religious sisters, about nuns, in about 15 minutes. And then, Billy, here's what I really wanted to get to you. Do you know, so the United Nations, yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago, passed a resolution declaring that there is no international right to abortion. Isn't that amazing? Wow. I didn't so, know this. Yeah. So um, there's an organization called CFAM, the Center for Family and Human Rights, and they're, they're a United Nations lobby organization. Um, and they are very effective in their pro-life and pro-family work. So so wait a
1: minute. I I, I think everyone has the same question on this. (laughs) Uh, So basically they declare that the abortion is not the right of
0: a woman. Yes, so that there because there were some countries that were saying that there's an there's a, that abortion is a it's a right that women should have the yes, right to an abortion a lot of times and about an that rational right. So anyway, so so I'm glad you're asking the question, and and I hope that our listeners are asking those questions too, because we're going to get to talk about that in our second half hour. Mm. The president of CFAM, which is this organization I was telling you about, Austin Ruse will be joining us in our second half hour to explain their work and also to tell us about this groundbreaking wow. declaration. That's uh, a big thing. It's a huge thing. Because uh, yeah. it's, I mean, we all know about the UN Declaration on Human Rights. So exactly. this is like the UN Declaration on the Rights of, of Women. So that's great. So that's going to be uh, in about... 20 minutes or so in our second half hour and then at the end of the show we're going to be meeting uh, Mike Boucher he is a singer-songwriter based uh, just outside of Boston um, I had the chance to to work with him about a year and a half ago at a conference where I was I was one of the speakers in the Diocese of Fall River and uh, Mike was doing all the music um, so he's yeah. going to be joining us with some music uh, today and uh, gets a reminder as we always do Billy that people can listen to the if, if they cannot listen to the whole show now, they can always go to our website. You can always, well this yeah, wonderful you can always website that Billy works on every day, saltandlighttv.org. And you can download or podcast the show. You can also listen to this program as a podcast on your Roku and anywhere you get your podcasts. So why don't we start with a song as we always do.
1: Yes. Love songs.
0: Yes. So here is Mike Boucher with his song, Adoration.
2: Sick and poor and weak, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Finding light in the darkness, Jesus Christ has overcome. When you rose on straight and narrow, steep with danger, toes and stench. Have no worries, fear or doubting. He is with you through it all. Jesus Christ, and shines in the fall of red.
0: That was Mike Boucher with his song, Adoration. And we're going to be speaking with Mike Boucher in about 45 minutes. But first, are you a Catholic mom? Do you sometimes struggle to find joy within your vocation of motherhood? Well, then the Catholic Moms Summit is for you and it's free. And so to tell us more, I'm now joined by Danielle Bean. Danielle, welcome to the Sultan Light Hour. It's so good to see you.
3: Yeah, it's good to see you too. Thank you for the opportunity to share about the summit.
0: So what is the Catholic Moms Summit?
3: It is going to be huge. It is the first ever event of its kind. It's going to be the largest virtual gathering of Catholic Moms ever. It's a global virtual gathering. So this Uh is happening on the weekend of November 13th through the 15th. Like you said, it's free to register. And we're going to have over 80 presentations, dynamic presenters from all walks of life, all ages and stages of motherhood. So we're covering it all here at the Catholic Mom Summit.
0: It sounds like it. I mean, when you said it, I like guess the largest, it really is large. I mean, 80, <laughs> how do you fit 80 presenters in, in a weekend?
3: Right. Crazy. It's going to be a challenge. So yeah, we've got 80 plus presentations. Um, and so you can register for free and for free, you get access to those core talks. Uh, for those three days of the summit weekend. but And I'm hopeful that people will consider um, upgrading to an all access pass, Uh which is $49.95, and it gives you lifetime access to the talks. You can take them in at your leisure in your own time plus a ton of bonus content. We're going to have live events throughout the weekend where you can interact with the presenters. We're going to have a 21 day virtual retreat that's taking place for Advent after the summit, because truly what we're looking to do is build a community here. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of benefit for the upgrade to that all access pass.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. So again, just for people, I think that I think most people are, are already, you know, used to zoom and webinars Mm -hmm. and, and all that. So it's a virtual conference. People can register and some, some of the presentations are pre-recorded videos, but some are live as well, live sessions.
3: Yes. So the pre-recorded videos, that's going to be the 80 presentations that you're going to have access to. And that number can feel overwhelming, but we are working at organizing it into categories so you can quickly navigate to what you're looking for, whether you're looking for marriage support, support in your spiritual life, how to kind of, you know, parenting, how to's, practical support for your marriage, um, self-care, work-life balance. We're really going to have all of those different channels clearly marked for you so that you can quickly find what it is you're looking for.
0: Okay, that's great. And then you're saying, but if people upgrade to the all-access pass, then they will have access to all the videos forever?
3: Forever, for the rest of your life. Wouldn't you love that? I mean, you can (laughs) download them as MP3s, listen to them like a podcast, listen to one a week.
0: Wow, that's great. Okay, so that is a good deal. Um, And uh, um, do you have to be a Catholic mom to register?
3: No, anybody can, <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. Cause we, you know what, this is a great way for a Catholic dad or a single woman to learn a little bit more about the vocation to motherhood. Yep. And um, the other thing is we do have a gift option for that all access pass, a great idea for any husbands who are listening if your wife is a Catholic mom, if she could use a little encouragement and support in that vocation, consider giving her that all access pass and, and give her the, a little bit of time for that weekend <laughs> and you know, enriching herself and nurturing her vocation to Catholic motherhood.
0: Yeah, exactly. A little bit of time that weekend, but she doesn't have to watch all 80 presentations over the <laughs> one weekend. So she doesn't so, so you, you need much, much, time, much, much time. Um, so where do people go? How can people register?
3: Yeah, go right over to Summit.com and that will take you to a page where you can see all of the different presenters and register for free. You know, why not do that? Just register for free and check it all out and then decide if it's going to be worth it to you. And I'm confident that people are going to want lifetime access to these presentations, plus all of that bonus content. It really is a great value and a great way if you do that all access pass to support our presenters. hundred percent right. of the proceeds are supporting our presenters, other Catholic ministries and nonprofits who are working so hard to bring you the summit for free.
0: Yeah, no, and that's a really good suggestion. So go register for free. Um, I think that people are going to find that this is totally worth the 50 bucks. Um, there's 80 percenters. There's probably people there that you know, that you love. You've read their books. They're yes. authors. They're not all moms. There's some religious sisters as well. So yes, exactly. I, I think that that's great. And it's all hosted by Danielle Bean.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to be a part of all the events that weekend. And one of our champion partners is CatholicMom.com. So we are thrilled to be working together with them to bring you this quality content.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you, Danielle. Danielle, for telling us all about it. Um, and uh, I encourage our listeners to uh, register and to tell all your friends about it.
3: Excellent. Thank you so much.
0: You're very welcome. Danielle Bean, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's an author, she's a TV host. She's also the host of the Catholic Moms Summit. You can find out all you need to know at their website, CatholicMomSummit.com. Coming up is Jillian Cantor, and she's going to tell us what she learned from her kids this month. So don't go anywhere.
4: Hey, this is Chris Bray, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour
0: with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to saltandlighttv.org slash podcast. All our shows are archived there. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, it's good to be with you again.
5: <laughs> it's nice to be here again. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I guess you've been learning from your children. What did you learn this month?
5: Okay, this one is a doozy. Uh-oh. So everyone get your pens. You're going to want to write this down. All right. Today, the lesson is, sometimes I don't know the lesson. That's it. <laughs> That's
0: the That's a end. good one. I like it's it. A
5: really short episode today. Thanks very much. Let's okay, very
0: good. Uh, contact Jillian Cantor at, <laughs> that, you know what? That is a very good lesson, but I do want to hear more.
5: <laughs> it, it actually just sounds like I gave up like I forgot we were gonna do this today and I'm like I, I don't know so no um, no it's actually something I've been thinking of I think we um, we're a bit conditioned to think that all of our problems or issues or whatever it is that we're facing can easily and neatly be solved in maybe um, a very tidy... Um, tidy amount of time. And -hmm. I think, let's take a look at sitcoms, for example. They have taught us that any of the misunderstandings, any of the problems, that's just all going to be wrapped up by the time we get to like minute 23, with some commercial breaks, we'll have everything solved. Um, But then also we look to social media, maybe Instagram, where accompanying everyone's little square photo, um, there's often a whole essay, a mini essay about this is an issue that I was facing. And Mm -hmm. here is the how my family and I have solved it. This is our wisdom that we want to share with you because we've been through it and we want to share it with you. And those are all fun and good and beautiful things. But sometimes consuming all of that can Mm -hmm. be a bit frustrating because you think, gosh, why is it so easy for them? Or how did they have everything figured out? Or, Or why does everything need to be a lesson? Sometimes a thing happens and it just happens. <laughs> and you're not sure. And it doesn't say that's not to say that there isn't a lesson that comes out of it eventually. But maybe at that moment in time, it's just a little too far out of reach. You don't know what the lesson is yet. Or maybe, and this pertains to me, in my own exhaustion or stubbornness or sinfulness, maybe I even missed the lesson. Because I wasn't looking in the right place at the right time for it. I was just mm-hmm. too frustrated by that thing that was happening. So. So yeah, it does sound a bit like I'm giving up. But today's lesson really is that sometimes I don't know the lesson. I don't know what it is. And I would hate to misrepresent myself because how long have we been doing this? How, how many years <laughs> have you been calling me and asking me what I learned from my kids? And I'll always have something to tell you. I always have a little anecdote yeah. about what my kids done, has done or, um, and how that pertains to maybe my faith life or how I'm growing because of it. And I really don't want to be dishonest with our listeners to make it seem like I have everything (laughs) sharply focused in this Mm -hmm. perspective, when I'll be very honest, most of the time I have no clue what's going on or why it's happening to me. So I do want to be just completely honest to say that sometimes we don't know what's been going on or why. And and right now in my house, we've been experiencing a lot of tears lately for various reasons, We are missing faraway family, and the grief of that hits us at unusual times. Not just me, but my kids too are feeling that they miss Mm -hmm. their grandparents, and there'll be big tears when I least expect it. Um, Recently, I had uh, uh, a school friend pass away from cancer, leaving her husband and two young kids. Gosh, there must be a lesson there. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is. I can't discern that right now. Um, or Leo, he just turned two and we are so happy and glad that this ball of energy has been in our family for these last two years. But at the same time, I feel like for the last two years, I've been fighting for every single minute of sleep that that boy has had. (laughs) He really is a terrible sleeper. And I'm just constantly trying to get him down for a nap or getting to go to bed at night. And I feel like in those hours that I've spent trying to get him to sleep, I've missed out on the life of some of my other kids. And that's Mm -hmm. frustrating. Gosh, there must be a lesson there, but I don't know what it is. And so I'm convinced that someday, somewhere, somehow, I I will know it. In years ahead, maybe in 10, 20 years, I'll be looking back at this life of mine that I've been living now, and I'll realize that's what that was for. Mm -hmm. But right now, that lesson is not within my perspective. I can't see it. I haven't focused on it yet. Um, And I just, I guess, (laughs) like all Instagrammers or like all television shows, I just want to encourage you, if you don't know the answer, if you don't know the lesson, that's okay. Just keep living it anyway. That's what I'm trying to do. (laughs) No matter how tired or frustrated it can be, just keep swimming. Just keep plugging Mm -hmm. away and um, not know. A lesson is not going to stop you from having the experience. So just keep right. at it, and the lesson will come.
0: Yes, so, and you're right. That's no, but, no, that's <laughs> wonderful. And in some ways, maybe the most profound thing you've ever said. Um, because well,
5: I should have given up a long time ago.
0: <laughs> no, because it's 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 scriptural. You know, it's like we don't we 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 sow. In the, the, and you're, you're come from a farmer farming family, right? We, we mm-hmm. plant and we harvest. Those are two different seasons yes. and, yeah. and, and you can't be harvesting when you're planting. So right. yes. I think that we, and, and how often do we say, you know, Oh, well, in retrospect, everything's 2020, right? So you're able to see how God was working in your life only after he's done working and you're already onto right. the next thing. So yeah. I think that that's very profound. And I think that, that it's very, important for, for listeners, for everyone to recognize that, yeah, you don't, you I mean, nobody's always looking for a lesson anyway, like we're just living yeah. life, but it's good to take the moment at the end of the day or at the end of the week or whenever, whenever Leo is napping and you need to, <laughs> you know, to, uh, to, to do that examine or to, to do that, that, that looking at your day or something to, to maybe, and that's where we get, and it doesn't have to be like a lesson that you're going to write a book or, or do a segment on the radio or, or, or even do an Instagram post. But there's something in there that that helps us be better the next day, and yeah. that that's, yeah. that's 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 uh I mean that's all we can do. Um, Jillian, thank you for thank you for that lesson. Um, I do hope you have a better one next week. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, next month. Um, uh, thank you for that, and I do hope that uh, Leo is sleeps better in his uh, third yeah, year of you. life. Yes, yeah,
5: that'd be really great.
0: <laughs> thank you, Jillian Cantor. Thank Jillian you. is she's the writer of A Woman's Voice, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo.
6: Hello friends, this is Colin Ray and you are listening to The Salt and Light Hour with my friend, Deacon Pedro.
0: The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available on Roku and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for... Search for Dummies with Billy Chan... Billy, you're back with a question about nuns
1: yes so uh, you know we, we talk about deacon and it's very important as well is some media between the church and the outside world that there's outside world that what we uh, defined it now let's talk about sister which is the uh, 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 I would say a mysterious uh, position mystery position yeah in okay. The church. The reason is this, first of all, we, we love to see sisters. They are really helpful. They are really good uh, to talking with people. But there's a lot of, it sounds like there's a lot of difference between um, a sister and a priest, right? Uh, Obviously, it's yeah. gender, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, of course, yeah. So there's there's the gender. Now, when you're talking about sisters, I'm going to say we also have religious brothers, So, a religious sister and a religious brother would be the same thing. So, main distinction, priests, deacons, we are clergy. We are ordained. Mm -hmm. A religious sister or a religious brother, they're actually laity. They're lay people. They're not ordained. They're not clergy. So, they're just like you, laity. They're lay people. Um, Yeah, because the distinction is either clergy or laity. Religious People who may take religious vows who are not ordained are, are laity. So a religious sister, a nun, and a brother, a monk, they are laity. So that's really okay. the main difference.
1: So you need to explain us, first of all, okay? So clergy and the yes. laity, okay? It sounds like clergy is higher class. Okay. So, and in this, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm the only one to think about that, you know, because when we go to a parking lot of a parish, yes. there is a parking only reserved for Kaji, not lady. Right. Yes, so right. so I think it's a higher class. First of all. Okay. It's a, it's, it's a mystery. I also say it's a mystery. No, 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 no. Now, okay. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. And, and it sounds like a uh, uh, sister, Okay, can you know that uh, uh, cannot really do like homily, cannot do mass, uh, uh but and, and and it sounds like sister, yeah, has more sacrifice than you, deacon, right? Because it's true, first of all, we they cannot be married, they need to keep, um, uh, single, right? Yes, so now, okay, tell me the logic behind why we treat those nice, beautiful, care women. Like this?
0: Why the church? Okay, like no. This? So, okay, the reason why we and you say we or some people treat them that way is because of clericalism. So the only difference, even though it might look like the the those who are ordained or priests are a higher class, is just because that's how we relate to them, but we shouldn't. The only difference mm. is that a priest has a very specific task and the priest's main role is to bring the sacraments, to bring us the Eucharist and to bring us confession. Really, that's, that's it. Then there are different roles for different other people. De- deacons have different roles, um, even though we're also ordained. And religious <laughs> sisters and rich- religious brothers also have different roles. And you're right. Mm-hmm. In some ways. The, 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 the difficult work is actually done by religious sisters. And we know many of them around the world that are working with the poor, feeding the hungry, taking care of the sick, uh, in prisons. They're doing all this great work in schools. Um, and but, but that doesn't mean that they are less or that they are less uh, uh, lower class. lower class. Mm-hmm. It just means that it's a different role. If some people think that that is lower class, then the problem is them, not in, in the way the church is organized.
1: Oh, OK. OK. So, OK. So um, what do they do, actually?
0: Well, it, it really depends. So there are thousands of religious congregations, mm-hmm. and they each have different charisms. So you might have some religious sisters that uh, the charism is education, and so they teach, or there are some others that the charism is uh, healthcare, and they work with the sick. There are others that are contemplative orders, and their job is to pray and so many of them are cloistered and, and, they, and, and their job is to pray for the intentions of, of the world. Um, so it, it really depends. There are some congregations that have a, a wide variety of charisms. So they do whatever some religious sisters live on their own, not in community. Uh, and they work, they have a job. Um, the Daughters of St. Paul, for example, their, their, their ministry is, is media. Uh, so the Sisters of Life take a fourth vow, which is to uphold uh, life and they do pro-life work. So it really it really depends, Billy. Um, it sounds nice like- when you
1: talk about vow. I mean, they the, and and uh, the last question is: they only need to take vow, right?
0: Yeah. So, so what defines uh, those who live religious lives? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you remember. A few years ago, we had a year for for people in religious life. Yes. Um, is is the people who take vows? So the 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 vow of uh, poverty, chastity, and obedience. Okay. It's- three vows. Right. Some priests also belong to religious congregations and they take those three vows as well. So nice. so that's why it some, sometimes gets confusing. But it sounds like there's more to talk about nuns here for, for the weeks to come. So these are all really good questions. Maybe our listeners can also send questions. Maybe we have some sisters that are listening. Um, yeah i think uh, and, they can and, and comment and they can
1: on that yeah comment
0: on this so there you go uh, look for billy at B Joe chan you can also email me pedro at saltonlighttv.org. so thank lots, you that's a good question billy thank you and we'll continue the conversation next week billy chan he's our webmaster here at saltonlighttv.org and as i said follow him at B Joe chan Coming up in our second half hour, working with the United Nations to promote life and family, and singer-songwriter Mike Boucher, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2, I'm Deacon Pedro. In October 2020, governments from around the world launched a document called the Geneva Consensus Declaration. Signed by 32 countries, the declaration says that there is no global right to abortion and that abortion cannot be imposed by the United Nations because abortion is a matter of national sovereignty. The declaration further asserts that abortion can never be used as a matter of family planning and that there is no international obligation for governments to pay for abortions. Um, I think this is great news. And so to tell us more, I am now joined by Austin Ruse. He's the president of the Center for Family and Human Rights, or CFAM. Austin, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, I've been following your work for for many many years now, and and I'm very honored and and uh, happy that you're able to join us today. Hopefully, we can have you on the program more more often. Um, before we get into uh, the details of that declaration, can you tell us what CFAM is? Certainly,
4: your uh, listeners um, and your viewers will be pleased to know that CFAM was founded by Canadians. <laughs> That's great.
0: That is good news. <laughs>
4: with, with Canadian money, uh, it was. Uh, Golly, uh, in 1997, that uh, woman named Teresa Bell, who was running Human Life International Canada, okay, um, uh, got the idea that there needed to be uh, an organization dedicated solely to working on the life and family issues at the UN. She went to her donors, raised money, sent somebody to uh, New York and found me to, to open it. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. And we've, we've, we've had Canadian support consistently since that day. A lot of our support still comes from canadians
0: oh that is so good to know because at least right now this i wouldn't say that the canadian government is a a government that might be supporting your work um would you say that you're a un lobby organization
4: we we are we are we we are accredited uh through the un uh, economic and social council and we were founded uh exclusively to participate in the life and family debate at the United Nations uh, with a view to making sure that there's no international right to abortion, that the family is not uh, redefined, that sexual orientation and gender identity, although those terms, that term sexual orientation and gender identity, I don't know was invented when we were founded no, in it, 1997. No, you know, it was It's so new, but, uh, but that idea, we, we were also founded to to kind of block that idea. Okay. And uh, in all those years that we've been helping governments negotiate documents, we've been quite successful. There's yeah. no global right to abortion. The family has, is still uh, a man and woman and their children. Yeah. And sexual orientation and gender identity is not a part of international law. So yeah. uh, the Canadians have done quite well at the UN.
0: Oh, well, that's, that's good to know. Um, although I know I, I love your positive attitude, but I know it's hard work um you guys are constantly you know uh, uphill struggles um can you tell us about the declaration why is it so significant and why was it necessary
4: well you know uh the the it's called the Geneva Consensus Declaration um and it it says what pro-life NGOs have now been saying for a quarter of a century Mm -hmm. that there's no international right to abortion and that governments are free to make these decisions on their own. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also goes further and says that the family is the fundamental group unit of society. The importance of this is it's not just us saying it anymore. (laughs) Uh It's governments that are saying it. And, and moreover, it's, it's 32 governments. I think now it's 33 who have decided that they were going to work together with this as, as their viewpoint. Um, you know, oh, wow. the pressure on UN governments to, uh, to, um, to push abortion, to accept abortion, to change their laws on abortion is, is actually nonstop at the UN. So now there is a block of states that ought to be sufficient to stop it any time it comes up. You right. know, uh, years ago, three nations uh, uh, objecting in a negotiation to a particular piece of language, it would have been blocked but that has now expanded to 30 40 50 or more so the importance is this is governments doing it and it's a block of states who will work together to stop it
0: so let me let me just so to clarify so so historic well maybe not historically but at least for the last maybe couple of decades there's there are specific governments or countries that are that are pushing mm-hmm. abortions on if for, de- for development reasons, or can you explain that?
4: Well, the, the, you know, at the UN, we work uh, through documents. I mean, there's also funding attached to documents, yeah. but for the most part, what we work on is, is the documents themselves. And so there are governments, there are UN agencies that are trying to get abortion accepted as an international right. Uh-huh. And so they do this through binding and non-binding resolutions. And so that's the importance of this document is, is that it's 33 countries saying we will not accept this. We will fight against this. What you're saying is untrue. There is no international right to abortion and governments are free to decide these things on their own. So that, that's the importance of this.
0: And can this declaration, I mean, when we think of UN and we think of declaration, everybody I'm sure thinks of the Declaration on Human Rights. Is it a declaration that can change or is this something that is permanent moving forward?
4: Well, the declaration itself is permanent. Uh, governments, however, may come and go. I mean, let's face it, if, yes. if, if Joe Biden, in fact, you know, wins the election that is being counted right now, he very well could pull the United States out of the declaration. So, right. so the, the, the document itself won't change, I get it. yes. but the governments may expand It may contract.
0: Yeah, and not to get into, I mean, obviously you're involved in, in, it's a political conversation and I don't want to get into the political conversation or the polarized conversation, but this would not have happened had there been a different administration in the United States, correct?
4: You know, the, the, one of the shocking things to American and probably pro-lifers around the world is is how authentically pro-life the, this administration has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we hoped that it was going to be that way. But there was no documentary evidence that that he would govern this way. But in fact, he, he has. Um, so, um, yeah, this would not have happened under any other administration. I mean, even the Bush administration caved in on the phrase reproductive health uh, right. years ago. Yeah. So, so nobody has fought so hard as this administration has. So, yeah, it would not have happened in any other way.
0: And is it significant that you mentioned the 33 countries that really most of those countries are African nations or Asian nations? Um, There's very few Western signatories to this declaration, Mm -hmm. correct?
4: That's right. It it is a global document, however, because it it has representation of all the regions of the world. And and that's one of the most important things at the United Nations is that initiatives uh, show that there is global appeal.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I, I, I'm so happy to be able to tell our listeners about this because I'm sure that they had not heard about it and, and hopefully that they now know that CFAM exists and they can support your work. Just briefly before we close, can you tell us what other issues you are working on? What, what else is happening in, behind the scenes at the United Nations? Well, you
4: know, we, we are generally in the midst of negotiations every day of the year, <laughs> you know, because it's like this stuff is nonstop. Yeah. Um, So right now we're in the middle of the General Assembly and there are negotiations for a half a dozen resolutions where we're fighting precisely these issues.
0: Wow. I
4: mean, the funny thing is, is the debate we're having today is exactly the same debate that CFAM's founders had at the Cairo conference in 1994. It's the exact same debate. I mean, the other side just does not stop. And so we just have to be um, we have to persevere. We are happy warriors. Uh, We love our work. Mm hmm. Um,
0: and and to me, I mean, what you've told me today is great news, but I think the most um, inspiring thing I've heard today is just your attitude and such a that message, that positive message, and that you love your work, I think makes a huge difference, and I think it shows. Um, so, again, I want to encourage our listeners to check out CFAM, uh, c-fam.org. I know you guys can't do your work without support. I'm very happy to hear that there's a lot of Canadians supporting you. There is. So... Uh, um, everybody go check them out and support what they do because it's absolutely great work and it's making a huge difference. Austin, so good to meet you. Thank um, you. And, I'd be and happy to
4: come back anytime.
0: Absolutely. any any time that, that there's an opportunity to, to share with people the work that needs to be done or if you need support, let us know. And, uh, and I'm following you. I know actually maybe in the time that we have left, I know that you have people can subscribe to the Friday Facts. That's right. Um, so it's, it's actually not a real fax. <laughs> it's an email. Uh, but people can also, when they go to the website, can subscribe and, and find out what the news are and what, what issues yeah. you guys are working on.
4: Uh, the Friday Fax is two uh, originally reported stories every Thursday afternoon. It's not a fax and it doesn't come out on Friday. Go figure that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, used to be a fax and come <laughs> out on Friday. But uh, two originally reported stories that really nobody else has because we're there every day. So yeah. uh, it, it keeps people informed about what's, what's you know, the threat that's coming from the UN and how they can help.
0: Yes. And I know that there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of half stories that, are, that we're getting from all kinds of organizations, pro-life and others all over the place. So if you really want to find out exactly what's happening at the UN, CFAM, they're the ones to tell you. So again, Austin, um, great meeting you and uh, thank you for the work that you do and for telling us about it today.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: The Center for Family and Human Rights, also known as CFAM, was founded, as Austin said, in 1997 to monitor and affect the social policy debate at the United Nations and other international institutions. You can go to their website to learn more, c-fam.org. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Mike Boucher, with his song, Forever.
2: Walking down the street, and I was holding your hand, and I brushed the hair back from your face. And I understand as I deeply into your eyes, and I remember. I don't tell you enough how beautiful you are. We can make this last forever. Let's show this world how good love can be. We can make this last. As the days go by, it's harder to find the time to spend with you. Things are getting in the way, and by the end of each day, I have nothing left to remember your smile we can make this last forever but show this world how good love can be make this last forever the kind of love we can make this last forever The kind of love that will stand the test of time we'll walk through this life your hand. Whatever comes our way I will love you every day As the days go by It's harder to find time To spend with you Things are getting in the way the end of each day I have nothing left to do and I remember your smile We can make this last forever Let show this world out, good luck can be We can make this last
0: That was Mike Boucher with Forever. Now, I I met Mike Boucher in the spring of 2019 as we both were participating in the Diocese of Fall River's Women and Men's Conference. I was one of the speakers, and he provided all the music. Mike has been playing professionally for many, many years, and he plays all kinds of events, whatever you need him to do, but what he really enjoys is serving the church. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Mike Boucher. Mike, it's so good to see you. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
6: Thank you, D.C. Pedro. It's great to be here.
0: So I, I know that we need to mention that Boucher is is a French name that came through Canada. Um, and so I, I'm curious to know a little bit about just growing up. What, you grew up in the States. What was life growing up? Was it a Catholic family?
6: Yeah, I grew up in a Catholic family. It's me, my brother Paul, who's uh, 13 months younger than me,
4: uh-huh.
6: and uh, my mom and dad. And uh, my mom and dad, when we were old enough to start going to um, traditional uh, Catholic education, like CCD, mm-hmm. here is what we call it in the States. Yep. Um, they decided they didn't want to go that traditional route. And um, my parents, along with about a hundred other families, petitioned the Cardinal to do a homeschool program. And uh, so I was homeschooled um, at, in, in my faith. Wow. And uh, within the 100 families, there were uh, some of those people were drivers and they used to pick up kids when you're able to do that uh-huh. and take them to one person's house. And that person was the teacher. And so we had classes of maybe like 10 to 15. So it weren't huge. Wow. And uh, we were in someone's house. And that's how we learned about our faith. And I thought uh, back, you know, many times I've thought back about how that really impacted um, my faith and my ability to still continue to worship and be a part of the church.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. That sounds uh, amazing and different. Um, Was it musical? Were you, was it a musical household? When did you pick up the guitar?
6: So um, I was an engineer by schooling and uh, career and about 2003, I was forced out of my job at NASA Mm -hmm. Um, and at home I decided when I was laid off, I, I decided to pick up the guitar as a hobby and one way to entertain myself and my kids. Cause my okay. kids are really my like, two older kids. Uh-huh. So it was a great way to sort of entertain them. And then someone said, Hey, bring your guitar to um, play group. And so I started to do that. And that more an actual career for a chain of uh, daycares called bright horizons here in okay. the state. And so um, that, that, morphed into sort of doing music and enriching kind of children's lives with, with music and my own kids. Right. And then I remember there was a uh, a call at church for guitarists and singers to come and provide their talents, and I did. And I was there as a guitarist and a singer in my church uh, in Hingham, Massachusetts, uh-huh. uh, until uh, the person who was leading the, the this particular choir didn't want to do it anymore. And then I found myself in a leadership role. And I did that for 15 years, for our family liturgy.
0: So it sounds like you were, so it sounds like the, the music part of it uh, happened as you, as an adult, but were you always uh, really strong in the faith or did you also kind of have a revival in, in, in your faith as an adult?
6: Well, I think that my mom was a huge influence on my faith and and my dad, you know, they lived their faith, which was great. And, Um, So I've learned to live my faith. But I think um, when I got to college, I continued to worship, but I don't think that I was involved in my faith like Mm -hmm. I am now. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't until I was in my second year of university uh, that I was invited to live. So we had, it's a city university, Northeastern University (laughs) in Boston. And we had a Catholic church that was part of the uh, archdiocese right close to campus and across the street were some um, brownstone apartment buildings that were across and that the diocese, the archdiocese owned those buildings. And I remember coming out of the church and our pastor, father Frank Fairbane, he uh, came to me and said, Mike, I have an offer for you. Come live with uh, at the parish house. Oh my. And we had six guys who, um, we're all college students in the area, somewhere at MIT, somewhere at BU, somewhere at BC. And, um, we all live together as a brotherhood, which is kind of nice. Yeah. And then, uh, we eat dinners together. And, uh, and it, at that point, I think that's when my faith really started to come alive because mm-hmm. I would have sort of weekly conversations with our pastor and our, our landlord. And, yeah. um, it was great. Like I it really challenged me and the things that I was sort of dealing with at the time, yeah. which, uh, you know, I think all Catholics started as, as they're getting focused on their career, yeah. they start focusing on that and maybe stepping away from the faith. And that sort of got me grounded. And yeah, back that to... sounds like a great, uh,
0: great, great help in, in uh, connecting with your faith. When did you start writing songs?
6: So maybe about, Five years ago, um, I started to think about, you know, where am I going with this career
4: mm-hmm. as,
6: a, uh, as a leader of worship in my home church? Um, there were lots of opportunities for, um, for psalms, to write different psalms. So I started doing that mm-hmm. and then um, teamed up with a really great friend of mine who is the, was the former music director of the other Catholic church in our town. And we sort of teamed up together and we started writing um the songs for this uh album that I'm hoping to release over uh twenty twenty-one. Right. And it, it's it was just was a more less opportunity to to write with him. He was really easy to write with and collaborate uh, ideas.
0: That's great. Yeah, so those are the so the songs that we've been listening to are, are songs that hopefully um will end up in that new album. Um um, so we're looking forward to, to to hearing how these songs uh, evolve and how they end up in an album. Um, I know it's been difficult this this year, Mike, as a as someone who makes a living from from doing events and doing music. Um, and and I know that you just started doing music. You 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 provide music at the Cathedral in Fall River. Um, so I know it's been uh, it's been difficult. So I hope that things get better um, as uh, time progresses, but maybe there's more opportunities for uh, you to do stuff online. I know you've been doing a little bit of that as well. And for recording, Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the, the stuff that you've been doing online?
6: Sure. Um, I think after the last gig sort of fizzled out in June, um, I found myself kind of sitting here saying what's next and how do I keep up the musicianship and just the the physical fitness in playing and singing right. yeah. that comes with that. And um, my friend Adam said, Hey, let's, let's do a live stream together. Hmm. So on Thursday nights I do a live stream. It's mostly secular music, but I do yeah. throw in a couple of Matt Marr songs. <laughs> so, um, trying to sneak Jesus through the back door as you call it. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, it's just been great being able to connect with people in that manner. Uh, People literally don't have to leave their homes. They can just sit there Mm -hmm. and all I have to do is connect Mm -hmm. through, uh, through social media. So uh, over the last, I think we started that in May and uh, it's just been great. And I've really started to try to get my social media presence out and, and improve on that. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of extra time now.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, um, I think that this, this time has, has, has been difficult for a lot of people, but it also has given us uh, lots of new opportunities. And so that's great to see how everyone's making the best of it. Mike, um, we're going to have to leave it there, but it's been really good connecting with you. And uh, I'm so happy that you're finally recording these songs and that, that we're going to have an album soon. Uh, so thank you for telling us a little bit about your work and your ministry and your music today.
6: Thank you, Dick Pedro.
0: You can learn more about Mike Boucher and book him for your event as soon as that's possible at his website, musicalmike.net. And if you miss any part of the interview or to listen to the whole show, um, you can uh, go to our website, saltandlighttv.org podcast. Here now to take us out is Mike Boucher with his song, Set Me Free. You made
2: the stars. You know who you are. Before I was made, my dad had to pay. Make me someone who longs for your truth. Anytime my sin makes me fall I cry out, you answer my call Set me free out of a doubt and despair Take me higher to the place where you are Like a blazing fire consuming my soul Help me believe set me free. My desire is strong. To be with you is where I belong. In your presence I will stay.
0: We're listening to Mike Boucher with his song, Set Me Free, and that will bring us to the end of our program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all the Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash podcast. You can also listen to this show on Roku and find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me. Pedro at SaltonLightTV.org. And again, an invitation to all the nuns that are listening. If you're a religious sister, write to us and uh, help Billy understand that special call to religious life that you answered. Um, you can reach him at Bjo Chan or just email me. Again, Pedro at SaltonLightTV.org. And please, everyone, stay safe, stay in prayer, and take care of each other. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt of Light up. to
2: call my tomorrow till said come follow me. Set me free out of a doubt and despair. Take me higher to the place where you are, and like a blazing fire consume me, my soul, help me believe. Set me free out of my doubt and despair. Take me higher to the place where you are. Like a blazing fire consuming my soul. Help Help me believe. Help me believe. Help me believe. Set me free, oh set me free, yes set me free,
4: oh set me free.